I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We got it going on here in 15 minutes. Another keyword comes out for your chance at $1,000. And John, today's the day. We're giving away a four-pack of tickets to Disneyland today. Are oh, you today's excited? the day? Yes. Very excited. You didn't get the memo. I, I know. I heard about this. Okay. <laughs> Somebody passed you in the hallway and told you? Or... No, no. There was, uh, I don't know. Somebody told me. Uh, so we'll uh, let you know. <clears throat> It'll be obviously before we go off the air at 6 o'clock. So stay tuned for that. In one hour, our guest is going to be the L.A. County Sheriff. Unfortunately, the outgoing L.A. County Sheriff, Alex Villanueva, will talk more about what happened yesterday in South Whittier when uh, a man plowed his SUV into a group of cadets who were out on a morning run. And we'll get to all the details uh, about their present conditions from the sheriff. And the story, of course, today, they charged that guy with a, well... Attempted murder of a peace officer, because these are recruits, and we'll find out more about that aspect of it. We'll talk to Sheriff Villanueva in about an hour here on the Johnny Ken Show, and they don't really have an exact story. Nobody does yet as to whether or not he was asleep, distracted, high. We don't know, or he did this on purpose because he doesn't like police recruits. I don't. I don't. We don't have any of those things. So <clears throat> we'll talk to the sheriff in one hour. Uh, today, uh, Karen Bass appeared in public, thanked her whooping happy supporters. Now that she is going to be the next mayor of Los Angeles, she had been a congresswoman representing California's 37th congressional district. And yes, she'll become the first woman to be elected mayor of Los Angeles, the second black person to hold that position. It's the lead of every story. Uh, we pulled out one clip because what she spent some of her time talking about was she was going to tackle the problem of homelessness and crime. This clip I heard, it's the only part of her speech I heard, and I knew right away that we're in trouble. Here's about 40 seconds. It is going to be critically important that we understand that the only way we're going to address a problem of this magnitude is that the whole city 
has to say, what is my part and what is my role? Because you know what? You're not going to be able to house 40,000 people in only the low-income areas of the city. That is just not the case. And I want to involve the faith community. We already have community-based organizations that know how to get people housed. And I know there's several of them that are here today. They've been doing it all along. The problem is, is that they have never been given the opportunity and the resources to do it to the scale Needed. Well, yeah, there's a lot wrong there, huh? Well, uh, here's the and- problem. It's already tough to find a place to live, even if you're not homeless in the city of L.A. Now you're talking about how it has to be spread out through all the neighborhoods. Here come the NIMBYs. I mean, how fast are people on John's West Side going to get worked up there, well, when they want to put up a large homeless apartment building in some neighborhood? Which means nothing will get done. Nobody wants the homeless in their neighborhood, and no neighborhood is required to house them. The whole city is not required to house the homeless. We are not going to work together and come together. Nobody's interested in, in well, it. Well, remember, Her- Garcetti tried this, remember, with his uh, bridge home? No, she's Garcetti. There was going to be one, at least one big encampment in every council district. Remember that plan? Yeah. Oh, man. That was immediately fed. Remember the people in Koreatown went crazy. You're not putting up a homeless encampment here. It was a disaster. It was absolutely a disaster. And it didn't work where they did put up these, these bridge homes, completely destroyed a neighborhood in Venice. These are all wacky left wing progressive ideas. It's no wonder she was upset when Castro died. The whole community has to come together and give housing. These people are coming in on buses from all over the country. They come here, and now I'm obligated to set up a house for them in my neighborhood? I mean, I don't know what she's smoking. She must have had, you know, a nice uh, victory joint or something. I mean, that is, that is, so, and and the thing is, that's, I was watching last night, I was watching on Channel 11, and, and they showed a, a, a black woman who's happy that Karen Bass got elected, and she voted her for her because of her race. And they had her daughter there, the daughter was happy, and I'm thinking, great, you voted for somebody on the basis of their skin color. I voted for somebody who had experience in building things, in organizing, in having, uh, having executive talents, Rick Caruso. Who, who actually has accomplished a lot that she, visibly that you could see. He's a builder. Right? He's a builder. He's an organizer. He's a leader. He can he can uh, he can uh, run large agencies because he has for decades. And now we've got somebody who wants us all to get together and talk. And we're all going to help uh, build. We're not going to build housing for for forty thousand people. That's never going to happen. They're just going to waste more money and give more blank checks to developers who contribute to the political campaigns here. That's all. Everything is upside down. I mean, we've talked about this at length over the years. The way it works is you go out there, you get yourself a job, you save up, maybe you find a rental, and eventually you find a home. Maybe it's not in the dream neighborhood you wanted, you find what you can afford. Look at all the people that had to move all the way to the Inland Empire and now commute in that horrible 91 to get to Orange County or LA County or whatever to get to work every day, but they wanted that home. Like, that's how it works, and it's worked that way for decades. Everything got torn apart in the last 10 years, thanks to things like Proposition 47 and these dopey politicians like Mike Bonin and Garcetti that run the show, where suddenly somebody who gets addicted and then plops down in Venice is now going to get an apartment. That's absolute lunacy. And we don't 
have enough so, money. We don't have enough places to do this. It can't happen. You voted for Karen Bass. You voted for failure. Congratulations. She failed in her first speech. I don't care how many headlines that all the newspapers or how many graphics on the TV shows that she's the first this or first that. It's only two jobs here in the city. You get the homelessness off the streets, the homeless off the street, and, and to get the criminals off the street. And she's already made it clear, as far as the homeless is concerned, she's not going to do anything different than the last failure we had, Eric Garcetti. We might you as know, well have kept him and saved I'm a her big to bo- India. Yeah, I'm a big believer in cycles. We can see it in the world of, the, of economics and business. There are always economic cycles. Uh, crime, right? Hasn't that been clear? We go back to three strikes where we had to do something to undo the horrible 90s. Three strikes did and did a great job for more than 10 years. Now we're cycling back to more crime. But the problem I have when I think about this this morning is I don't know if we can cycle out of this homeless situation. I, I, can't, I don't see it yet. Do I see it getting 10 times worse? Not necessarily, but it's already very bad. Well, it's going to keep getting. Because it's going to require something different. Uh, unless, you know, what well, happened with crime and the economy she, is they she, cycle their way out with, a, you know, different types of uh, methods. She's not interested in it. She's a socialist by nature. She was a fan of Fidel Castro. That's not hype. That's real. That's what kept her from then becoming the vice Then what can she do president. as mayor to carry out that kind of, what, eminent domain, confiscate properties? Remember wacky Mike Bonin's idea that luxury hotels yeah. in downtown L.A. And, had and, to give up rooms to homeless people? And she's got more votes on the city council to head in that direction. She's she got, does, yeah. She's got three Democratic Socialist of America candidates. Oh, uh, and one of them's talking uh, big that we're now an important caucus and right. we're going to make a difference. So, so, so go read up on what they do in places like Cuba, Venezuela, the old Soviet Union. Go read up on those policies and what rights property owners had and what what the state decided to do with private property. That's where she comes from. But she packages it in a, you know, a happy voice and a bright smile. And 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 people She's a coalition builder. And she's a first and she's a first and she's a first. But this is this is terrible. But we, we you know, we told you this for for months and months and months. But if people are voting based on I, I don't know, gender and color and not what needs to be done. This yeah, is what you get. cycle out of that, too, all the first. I, I mean, it's, 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 it's so annoying. It, and, it, and it's wrong. That's not how you pick candidates. You don't pick candidates based on color. You don't pick candidates based on gender. You pick candidates based on whether they're going to solve the problems. And she's 69 years old, and she's not solved any problems. She's been a legislator. She's been just uh, sitting at a long table and everybody talking, yakking all day. Yeah, That's she was all. a healthcare worker who became an activist with nonprofits, uh, but, and then she got into politics. But, but, That's yeah, basically but, her resume. Thirty years is, is you know, a state uh, state legislator. Oh yes, spent most of her life in by, politics. By the way, yeah. you know who's uh, replacing her um, in in Congress? Her seat. The last woman we talked about a few yeah, minutes ago. Yeah, I heard her congratulate Sidney Kamlager. Yeah, yeah. right. Who, who, I didn't know what that was. Who, now I do know. Who wants to pay prisoners uh, fifteen fifty an hour? Okay. <laughs> So this Democratic state senator from L.A. who's taking Bass's seat in Congress. I mean, honestly, a few years ago, did you ever hear any ideas like this? And now they're coming out by the dozens. All right. uh, Next up, your chance at some money. Stay tuned for another keyword, $1,000 in inflation bonus cash. After that, we'll talk about the outgoing mayor. Yeah, Garcetti. Is it finally his time to be confirmed as an ambassador to India 
Johnny Ken KFI AM640 live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. All right. Well, now that we talked about the incoming mayor of Los Angeles, what about the atrocious outgoing mayor, Eric Yoga Pants Garcetti? Oh, my God. 2013 is the year he got elected. Nine years of this complete failure. It has been 16 months since Joe Biden nominated Garcetti as his ambassador to India. 16 months. And of course, the first thing that happened sometime later was he got uh, approved by a committee of the United States Senate. What was supposed to happen next was his nomination would go to vote to the entire U.S. Senate floor. Well, that didn't happen because the story that involved his former top aide, Rick Jacobs, blew up in Garcetti's face as people came forward, including very big insiders in the Garcetti administration, to say, look, this guy knew what Jacobs was doing, sexually harassing just about everybody around him. He saw it. He knew about it. And all he has done is deny both. Garcetti's story from the beginning is he never heard about this. He never saw any of this, which is completely un." believable considering the number of people in the inner circle of the mayor's office who did witness this or was subject to this it's hard it's just unbelievable there's no credibility at all but this guy is a chronic liar and we know that there's something about him that i think is going to crumble someday because he carries this phony air most politicians do but there's something about him which i think is in the extreme Mm -hmm. when he holds these news conferences and he's got that very sincere voice But we've heard stories he's got quite a temper behind the scenes. We're wondering when that's going to go public. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's, he's a phony right to his bone marrow. And and he's holding in a lot of darkness. Because anybody with that controlled, uh, hyper-controlled demeanor and dress and the way he projects himself and the careful language that he uses, that's not not the way a normal person acts. That's not the way they talk. He's holding in a volcano. So a couple of Republicans in the Senate said, well, maybe we need to time out and take a closer look at this and do our own investigation. And that's what happened last year. And then we got involved in people running for office and the Senate wasn't doing anything. So this nomination is sitting there on hold. There has been some speculation now that the election is over and the Democrats will maintain control of the United States Senate. We have to wait for sure what the number is with this December special election in Georgia, but it'll either be 51-49 or 50-50. So they will have control either way. Is it time for them to vote on the ambassador to India? There is one Indian-American congressman, he's actually from California, Ro Khanna, who says that uh, we need somebody in that position. It's been too long. It's been like two years since somebody's been in that post because... It hasn't been filled since Trump left, left office. No, and how come Biden wants Garcetti in that post so bad that he's willing he's to willing leave to it wait. open for two years? Ah, Especially that is a good question. when India is busy subverting all our sanctions that we put on Russia. You know, we and they are, of course, not. They're a big player in the climate change problem, if you believe in that. So. Oh, yeah. No, they, 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 they're putting out tons and tons of tons. Of, of carbon. Of carbon from all their coal plants. They got more coal plants they're firing up than almost anybody. They in China. And, 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 and they're buying tons of oil from Russia, the oil that we won't buy. Russia is selling it to India cheaper. So it, India is actually financing 
Russia's war against Ukraine. And and so this has all gone on in the two years, and there's been no ambassador. And then no, in fact, this has he, never happened before in the history of U.S.-India diplomatic ties. The ambassador position has never been vacant this long. Right. So I guess in Biden's mind, there's no difference between an empty chair and Garcetti. That seems to be the case. Same thing. So might as well leave it empty. We were only going to put Garcetti in there. Now, remember, if they vote along party lines, there's no votes to spare. They have to have, if it is 50-50, they have to have every Democrat vote, vote for Garcetti, and then the tiebreaker would be Kamala Harris. So they that, that, that's kind of why they put this off and didn't actually call a vote. Uh, Chuck Schumer was asked several times and just basically deferred that uh, now is not the time. So uh, the only stories we can find recently is that uh, the White House, and this is that spokeshole, the press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, says that, uh, oh, we continue to seek the expeditious confirmation of Mayor Garcetti. It's important to this president. It's a priority to this president. He, the, the, the nomination was voted with strong bipartisan support out of a committee. Yeah, so now we just need the next step. Well, that's, but, that's all the happy talk, but that's been the story for a year and a half. But they didn't withdraw it either. Right, they didn't withdraw it, but he they has didn't not do substituted anything. anybody else in place of Garcetti. So, see, this is that lame duck session that's coming up before the Republicans take over in January. There's, there's going to be well, taking over the House. Yeah. Oh, that's right. This is a Senate thing. Yeah, only this. This is only the Senate. The House doesn't vote on right, this. Right, right, so. right. But I mean, they it, see. But the lame duck session is important because nobody wanted to vote for someone involved in a sex scandal oh, while, before the election. Well, many of them were running for office, yeah. Now, there were 36 of them up for re-election in the last uh, run a couple weeks ago. Well, he might finally get his chance then in the next month or two here. Well, Early we've heard, next we, month we're constantly December. hearing that for a I year know, and a half, so we'll see. I don't know if this is like a planted story that uh, Garcetti got uh, a journalist friend to float. Sometimes that happens. I mean, they were paying money to these... Or, they have lobbyists working yeah. for them, right? Yeah. The parents have been paying for lobbyists. Right. So maybe they got they got some uh, uh, journalist who was willing, you know, one of the tongue bath journalists <laughs> to, to float the idea that, well, maybe it's, maybe the time is now, you know, during this uh, uh, end of the year session. All right. We got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You know, we're going to be giving away four packs of tickets to Disneyland. And magic is holidays at the Disneyland Resort, and KFI wants to send you to experience the festive joy that you've been dreaming about. I dreamed of festive joy last night. Mm. Yeah, she was wonderful. Ah, magic, come on. This is ma- a Disney commercial. Magic is Sleeping Beauty's Winter Castle covered in festive lights. It's the Disney Festival of Holidays and Disney Viva Navidad street party. Magic is the holidays now through January 8th. Both tickets and park reservations required. Visit Disneyland.com for important details. Offering subject to capacity restrictions, change without notice, and keep listening for your chance to win right here on KFI. And, and we are giving away tickets ourselves. We are giving right? away one four-pack of tickets today. Yeah, today. So It'll probably be the 5 o'clock hour. All right. So don't move. I won't. Don't you move. Mm, steady here. Sheriff Villanueva joins us after 4 o'clock to talk about the tragedy in Whittier. Thankfully... Nobody has passed away, but there are some serious injuries to the police cadets who got run over by this 22-year-old driver who got charged today. We'll talk about it with the sheriff after 4 o'clock. 
Well, the El Segundo Times decided to have a writer explore questions people have about California's mail-in ballot system. We adopted this during the pandemic because, you know, it's too dangerous to go to a vote center and vote in person. So because we have these concerns and it works so well for us, that would be the Democrat Party. Everybody gets a mail-in ballot. Now, you don't have to sign up as an absentee voter. You don't have to request one. It comes to every household and the option is yours. You know, I was tempted last Tuesday to try to go vote in person after I mailed it in just to see what happens. <laughs> I think they'd arrest you. I know. I didn't want to get hauled away just in case the system did work and they caught me. <laughs> Wait, you already voted. Grab him. I'd run and scream. See if you can catch me. Be a police chase. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> They're chasing after an illegal voter who tried to vote twice. <laughs> Live coverage. Um, so what they did, they went to Orange County to the Orange County Registrar of Voters. His name is Bob Page. And they wanted, I guess, the readers to get an idea. <laughs> this is so antiquated, it's hysterical. You know what it reminded me of? Florida with the chads. Remember Florida with the hanging chads and the Gore-Bush election in 2000? Yes. I mean, but that was still those things that are fed into a machine. Those are people that voted in person. Right, those were the punch cards. Those are the punch and cards. This is actually worse because there's so much that goes into a human filling out a paper form. So here's how it was explained. Ballots are first organized by vote center or Dropbox and fed into a machine. The machine scans the ballot and takes a picture of the outside of the envelope with the voter's signature. The image is transferred to a computer and employees then can match that signature with the voters used when they registered. So you actually have something come up on a screen in front of you that has that envelope that get, just came in compared to what's on file. So you don't have to sit there and search through the records. At least this part of it is a little more tech-like. It comes up on a screen. Voters zoom in on the autographs to compare the curves and the loops. The screens are viewable on large monitors. And also in this story, there are observers who came. And you could imagine there are some people that are very concerned about the legitimacy of the elections. So they request an opportunity to go to the registrar voters and watch this process. One of them is Christian Manna, a political consultant who works on campaigns for Republican parties. She was taking notes to see how they evaluate signatures. Hey, here's a road trip. Let's all go to the registrar's office and watch them count votes. <laughs> and compare signatures. I'll buy the beer. Well, listen to this. If the signatures don't match, the worker flags another employee to take a look. If it still doesn't pass, the ballot goes to a third person who makes the final decision about whether to accept it. So it's a two out of three there. Three people reviewing a signature. <laughs> and as we recall in 2020, they, most of them go get through. I, it was like a very high percentage. That may not have been the case with the recall, but it was the case with the election. <laughs> well, when needed. When needed and they have to block <laughs> a recall. You're putting doubt into this. <laughs> Envelopes that pass the signature test are fed into another machine and sliced open to remove the ballots. Now, here's where it gets interesting, because uh, one of the workers said, well, some of these ballots come in, some are torn, some are burned, some have, like, coffee spilled on them. <laughs> what are, well, some of them are burned? Yeah, some Whoa. people smoking. Oh, an ash dropped on it. Dang it, right there on uh, Newsom's ballot. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Uh, uh, it says here... That's disgusting. Then you have people... Remember, John asked me this last week. You have to fill in the bubble. You do not put a check mark on the paper ballot, the mail-in ballot. You fill in the bubble. You're not supposed to go stray outside the bubble. Well, you can guess that some of the ballots that come in, it looks like people check both yes and no. 
<laughs> this was Prop 30. I guess that would be the undecided vote. <laughs> uh, but to show their intended choice, the voters circled the yes box. Oh, so I guess they understood okay. yes, that they had no. checked both. They're like, oh, no, but this is the one I mean. <laughs> they Write kept, a little note in the margin. They kept changing their mind. They got arrows. They got drawn. Oh, at the, the end the of the day, the data from the ballots are tabulated. If the ballot's rejected, the registrar reaches out to a voter by mail to give him a chance to cure it by signing a document stating it's legitimate. Oh my Certain God. information. I know this is why this gets really boring and slow. And, and, and oh, the, oh, the bureaucrats must love this. All the government workers, because you can't be penalized for going too slow. Right. It's like, oh, we have it's democracy. We're protecting democracy. Uh, we don't want to disenfranchise everyone. That's right. So, or even if you're a slob uh, or you started bubbling, uh, checking the filling oh in God. bubbles on yesterday, we still want to give you a chance to have your vote count. I like this. Uh, one of the observers was a man who would not give his name, but he had a cap that read, make crime illegal again. <laughs> what, what perspective do you think he's coming from? <laughs> the guy the guy who wants the, the laws enforced. That's the he showed up because he's interested in the integrity of elections. I just feel better if I get to see it for myself. So apparently he went to the Orange County Registrar to watch them go through the, uh, uh, go through the county. Did you, so one of these stories they said in polling... They found that three-quarters of the Republicans don't trust what's going on, and half the Democrats don't. Oh. So this is, this is pretty widespread, uh, people not having faith. Well, that'll be the end of everything, if that's true. If most of the country gives up on the legitimacy of the elections, then there's really no well, point anymore. Okay, well and, and, and that's why you can't take— you know, weeks and weeks for this. And they try to flip around the argument saying, oh, you should be happy it's taking long. That proves that we're going, we're doing a very meticulous They're job. They're diligent, yes. Well, first of all, even, they, they can't do a meticulous job uh, uh, when you have millions of ballots coming in. Even three or four weeks isn't enough time to handle millions of ballots. It's just I, that you have a cumbersome system. Because it they, is they haven't yeah. spent the money and, and bought the equipment and hired the personnel to do this efficiently. For most people, the longer it takes, the more doubts creep in. How many nights are the ballots going to sit there? How many nights is nothing being done? You don't have yeah. to take this long. <laughs> well... All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Well, for the second time this week, we'll be talking to the L.A. County Sheriff, Alex Villanueva. Of course, uh, he did not win his re-election attempt, but he'll be on to talk about the situation in Whittier that unfolded early yesterday morning with uh, 75 police recruits out on a run, and about 25 of them got hit by a crazed driver who drove right through the middle of their formation. Several are still in pretty tough condition. We'll get the update, and that man was today formally charged in that attack on those uh, police recruits. So get into all of this after the news at 4 o'clock. There are, you talk about perspective and out of proportion, and this next story involves one of John's favorite words, baristas. John, John loves that word. <laughs> Yes. People that sling coffee. That's exactly right. Coffee slingers. <laughs> there Suddenly are over 8,000 corporate Starbucks stores in the United States. Corporate. They're owned by the corporation. They franchise out, I think, another 7,000. It's like over 15,000 Starbucks in the U.S. Hmm. That's the Starbucks census for you. Is that enough? There was a strike today at like 100 of them. It got a lot of attention, though, from the media. 
that's not really a very large percentage of uh, Starbucks affected by this work action. I know, but you know what? It's it's uh, it's union people going after a corporation. So all that's the, of course all the leftist journalists they eat this up. This 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 really tightens their pants. Uh, Tightens their pants. Yeah. Michelle Eisen is a worker who helped organize the first of more than 250 locations that have unionized over the past year. And she said in a statement, Starbucks has left behind the very values that drew many of us to the company in the first place. You cannot be pro-LGBTQ, pro-BLM, pro-sustainability, and anti-union. <laughs> Now, on top of this, the groaner is, today is Red Cup Day. What's what's that? This is the day that they begin giving a reusable holiday cup is this to a certain big... customers who make certain purchases. Is this a big deal? It is coveted by Starbucks fans all around the is world. Is that right? People... A reusable holiday theme cup. Do people actually get excited over... Getting the sacred red cup from Starbucks? They line up early in the morning is, to get the red do cup. Do they really? That's what I've read. <laughs> I don't know. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> what a weird cult. Honestly. Oh, look at that. I got a red cup. <laughs> Remember, good, they're sir. calling this the Red Cup Rebellion, the workers. Ooh, are. That's why they picked wow. this day to try to embarrass the company. Wow. <laughs> Angry baristas waving the red cups in the air. That's right. You get, get, you know what? I would be so embarrassed to go out on the street and, and tell the whole world, hey, I pour coffee for a living, and I'm not getting paid enough. And I'm willing to make a public scene over it. <laughs> I mean, I went it's to school. It's not that skilled a job, right? <laughs> I went to school. That's the problem with I, people in this. I got well, my, that's why they unionize, though. I got my degree in diversity studies, and I'm not being paid enough for pouring coffee. The reason unskilled laborers unionize is because you don't really have a leg to stand on by yourself. You can be easily replaced. But right. if you're a big mob and you're all going to walk out, that could present a problem for an employer. So yeah. it gets their attention. Pretty so complicated, you know. You got to... You got to press the uh, the cup up against that little uh, that little stick thing, so puts in one of the ingredients, and then you pour in one of the hot liquids, and then you stir in something else, and put the cap on, and and that you know you do that for eight hours, you want to blow your brains out. I can see why they're upset. Now there was a Buffalo, New York area store that won a union election in December. And dozens of stores around the country are filing for union elections over the next four months. Wow. But I don't know if this has really taken off to the point where these people thought it would be bigger. <laughs> yeah, Matter of if, fact, the pace of election filings has dropped precipitously over the uh, last several months. I so. mean, if there's one thing I couldn't care less about, it's how much somebody makes for pouring coffee. I mean, there's I don't. It's an art. Though, I don't go it? to Starbucks unless someone in my family asks me to pick them up something. So I, you know. Yeah, you don't drink coffee. I don't either. drink coffee, and uh, there's nothing else in the store that's. Of any use. So I, I, can't, I can't get the passion up. The last time we talked about Starbucks, remember, they closed a couple of L.A. stores. And yeah. There were safety issues. And remember, the workers were suspicious. They didn't think that was the true story. They thought it was all because, oh, we're trying to unionize. And they're shutting us down. Yeah. It's like, oh, we don't want you to be a union. And just because you won't stop with wow. this, we're going to shut the store down and completely. We're, we're going to cut off our nose to spite our face. So these coffee stirrers, they get radicalized, huh? They got their own set of conspiracy theories and everything.
They, of course, want higher wages. They want better sick leave. It's the usual arguments. They feel they're not getting that without being a part of a union. So that's why they did this job action today. I don't know if it was successful, if it was only 100 stores out of the thousands of them. I don't really see how that could have much effect on customers. I, you know what? This is the age where everybody's got a virtue signal or they don't feel alive. They don't feel relevant. If they don't have some bogus civil rights issue to, to uh, wave a sign over, it's like, why am I on the planet? Why do I even breathe? So, you know, I'm going to be upset that I don't make enough money pouring coffee. There you go. That's what I'm going to be upset about. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, here's a headline from CBS Chicago. Workers at two Chicago Starbucks stores go on strike. That's it. <laughs> that may be the but same reason why the I, union thing faded out, because that's not what these people... It, and is, again, this is a transitionary job. Well, this is not a job is. you... You, you you have for life. You don't see too many uh, people working there that are. They out usually of their are 20s. younger people. When I've looked in Starbucks, they are younger people. Well, because who wants to? Unlike other from fast food places, have people in their forties and fifties working there. Yeah, but because who wants to do this? It's boring as hell. You, you can't go anywhere. We could be manager. Well, yeah, well, there's one we manager. Run the store. Yeah, I know. There's one manager. <laughs> there's there's twenty other people standing around. I mean. All right, coming up next, we'll be talking to uh, Sheriff Alex Villanueva. Uh, We'll talk to him, of course, about what happened yesterday morning in uh, an area of Whittier where a man drove his SUV into a crowd of police recruits who were out on a morning jog. Many of them were with the L.A. County Sheriff's Departments. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.